You're listening to the Sean and Drew Podcast, Episode 5. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of the Sean and Drew Podcast. I'm Sean, here as always with Drew the Snowflake. That's right, Sean. It's great to be back for another episode. That it is, Drew. So tell me, how was your Thanksgiving? Well, if you must know, Sean, it wasn't very good. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? Well, Uncle Larry was there. I've told you about my Uncle Larry before, haven't I? Isn't he that jacked conservative guy that always wears the patriotic suits? Yeah, that's the one, Sean. Let's just say that when I sat down at the table with my gelatin cubes, Uncle Larry had quite the laugh. Well, to be fair, Drew, I probably would have laughed at you too. Stop it, Sean! But sadly, that's not even the end of the story. You mean there's more? Oh, I am, I am thoroughly enjoying this. Please continue. When Uncle Larry started laughing at me, I got triggered and tried to run to my safe space. But as I was running across the kitchen trying to dry my eyes, I accidentally tripped and fell face first into the bowl of mashed potatoes. You, you, you fell into the mashed potatoes? Sean, are you laughing at me? What? No. No, not at, not at all. That's definitely not funny in the least bit. I know. Sean, why are you covering your face with your hands? It really looks like you're laughing. <laughs> okay, Drew, okay. You caught me. You caught me. That is one of the funniest things I think I've ever heard. Sean! I, I mean, honestly, Drew, I would probably pay money to see you fall into a bowl of mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh my god, that is rich. <laughs> Stop it, Sean! <laughs> uh, Alright, let's get into some fan mail before I bust a gut here. This first one was sent in from Grant in Kentucky. Hey there, I have a question for Sean and Drew. Does Sean agree on any views that the left wing has, and does Drew share any views with the right wing? Also, I love the Living with the Liberal series. They always make me laugh. Loving the content. Well, Drew, I'll go ahead and answer this one first. I think I agree with the left on a few basic principles, but I don't agree with them on how our country can best live up to those principles. For example, I think that every American, Republican or Democrat, can agree that we need to keep our kids safe at school. However, where we disagree is how this is actually accomplished. The liberals believe guns need to be removed from schools entirely to keep kids safe, but I believe that having armed guards and even armed teachers is the best way to protect students. The same can be said when it comes to the issue of poverty. Even though I agree with Democrats on the fundamental principle that poverty needs to be addressed, I couldn't disagree with them more on how it should be addressed. They believe in expanding the welfare state, and I believe in providing opportunities for people to lift themselves out of poverty through hard work and determination. So to make a long answer short, while I agree with Democrats on some very, very basic principles, I fundamentally disagree with them on nearly every policy proposal that they come up with, because ultimately, they do more harm than good. Did all of that make sense, Drew? What? Oh, sorry, Sean. I was texting Randy. He had a nightmare about Donald Trump again. What was the question? Drew, next time you take your phone out while we're doing the podcast, I swear to God I'm throwing it in a blender. I had to help Randy through that traumatic moment, Sean! Now, can you please repeat the question? Fine. The the question was, is there anything at all that you agree with conservatives on? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't agree with those mean conservatives on anything at all, Sean. Not even the idea that America is the greatest country on the face of the earth? 
Sean, that's one of the things I disagree with them the most on. Everybody knows that this country was founded on oppression and white nationalism. Okay, I'm not even going to get into this with you because I can already tell we're never going to agree. Ivan from New York City writes, Hi, my name is Ivan and I'm a Republican from NYC. I have a question for both of you. Sean, I'll start with you. Do you believe that Governor Andrew Cuomo deserves this Emmy for handling the coronavirus well or not? And for you, Drew, how much do you spend on diapers monthly? I love the podcast and I really hope I'm featured on the next episode. Thanks. Well, let me just start by saying that Andrew Cuomo is a complete idiot. He's a radical liberal Democrat who doesn't have a clue what he's doing, and beyond that, he's a complete jerk to everyone he talks to. His handling of the coronavirus has been so disastrous that I honestly think even Drew here could have done a better job. Hey! Let me remind everyone that it was Andrew Cuomo himself who forced nursing homes to accept patients that tested positive for COVID-19, causing unnecessary death and the spread of the virus. Common sense alone should tell you that forcing nursing homes into taking in COVID patients would end in disaster. So, no, I don't think he deserves anything but criticism for his handling of the coronavirus. And the second part of that email was for you, Drew. I I think we've answered this before, but how much money do you spend each month on diapers? Oh, I gave up trying to keep track, Sean. Just know that it's a lot. I've already been contacted by the IRS on multiple occasions. Wait, wait, seriously? You've been contacted by the IRS? Buying enough diapers for my snowflake needs is expensive, Sean! I'm in debt! Of course the IRS contacted me! Well, I'd recommend getting a job to pay it off, but God knows that's never going to happen. You know I'm allergic to hard work, Sean! Right, right, of of course you are. This next question is from Kyle in Indiana. What is Drew's biggest fear? Trump winning re-election? or diapers becoming unavailable worldwide. Well, have fun with that one, Drew. Oh, Sean, I think I'd need a few days to think about that one. On the one hand, I don't think I'd ever be able to stop crying if Trump won re-election. But on the other hand, if diapers were unavailable worldwide, I can't even imagine, Sean! Well, Drew, look on the bright side. If you weren't able to buy diapers, maybe you'd finally man up and learn to not let everything trigger you. Sean, saying man up is a misogynist statement. You know what, Drew? On second thought, I think you're always going to be a snowflake, with diapers or without diapers. All right, let's read one more from Casey in Washington. What are your favorite Thanksgiving foods? Oh, man, I've got a few that are my favorites. For starters, I'd have to say a nice cut of turkey with some gravy poured over it. Sean, do you know how many innocent turkeys are killed each year around Thanksgiving time? Uh, no, I I don't know how many. Well, I actually don't know myself, but I bet it's a lot, Sean. Yeah, I bet it is too. Turkey is delicious. But some of my other favorite Thanksgiving foods are stuffing, cranberry sauce, mac and cheese. Oh my god, my fiancé makes the best mac and cheese dish. I can't have mac and cheese either, Sean. Vegans aren't allowed to eat that. Then why don't you answer the question, Drew? What's your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Uh, well, I'm not sure. Can I have a minute to think about it, Sean? Sure you can. And while you think, I'll go ahead and remind our listeners that if they want to submit a question to be read live on the podcast, they can do so by emailing jasonveely76 at gmail.com. That's J-A-Y-S-O-N-V-E-L-E-Y-7-6 at gmail.com. We also have a P.O. Box if you'd like to send us snail mail. The address for our P.O. Box is P.O. Box 290 
Weathersfield, Connecticut, 06129. Weathersfield is spelt W-E-T-H-E-R-S-F-I-E-L-D. Please get in touch with us. We would absolutely love to hear from you. I got my answer, Sean. I'd have to say that my favorite Thanksgiving dish is my soy-free gelatin cubes. Really? Are, are, you, are you sure it's not <laughs> mashed potatoes? Sean! All right, Drew, you ready for our road trip? Uh, I'll be honest, I've been looking forward to this all week. Sean, I don't understand why we have to drive five hours up to Maine just to visit a brewery. This isn't just any brewery, Drew. This is one of the best breweries in all of New England. They have a new beer called Make America Great Again, and I'm, I'm just dying to try it. They named a beer Make America Great Again? Yep, they sure did. Pretty great, huh? Best of all, the brewery donates a portion of their profits to the Republican Party. Sean, I don't think I packed enough diapers for this. Drew, you have three boxes full. I, I think you'll be fine. Come on, let's get in the car. Hold on just a minute, Sean. Let's go through the checklist to make sure we have everything. Drew, it's not like we're going across country. I, I mean, it's a five-hour drive each way. We'll be back later tonight. Well, you can never be too prepared, Sean. Let's see. Do we have diapers? Ye yes. I, I just pointed out that you have three boxes, remember? Great. Now what about snacks? I've got some jerky and a couple cans of Mountain Dew. Now now listen, Drew, I know that you're- A vegan? Why yes, yes I am, Sean. Thankfully though, I packed my own snack. Take a look at this. Plant-based barbecue ribs? That's right! I've got an entire can of them. Drew, I don't know what's more disturbing. The fact that you're eating barbecue ribs made of plants, or the fact that they come in a- Come in a can. They're delicious and nutritious, Sean! Don't knock them till you try them! Drew, I think I'd rather chew on a piece of glass than try one of your fake meat slabs. Well, that's your loss, Sean. And last but not least, do we have a map? A map? What are we, living in the 20th century or something? Well, Sean, I just think that- Drew, I can assure you that we don't need a map, okay? We have GPS on our phone. We'll be fine. Well, okay, if you're sure, Sean. Oh, I almost forgot. I'm bringing Jeffrey along for the ride, too. Hey, that's great. I heard stuffed animals love road trips. He's not a stuffed animal, Sean! How many times do I have to tell you that? As many times as it takes to convince me that he's not a stuffed animal, which will never happen because he is, in fact, a stuffed animal. Sean! Now come on, Drew, let's hit the road. The brewery awaits. These plant-based ribs sure are tasty. Can you stop chewing so loud? It's disgusting. I can't help it, Sean. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and turn on the radio. Oh, instead, can we listen to the Barney podcast? What? N no, what even is that anyway? I've never even heard of it. It's a podcast all about Barney the dinosaur, Sean. Oh my god, Drew, how old are you? You're never too old to appreciate a friendly purple dinosaur, Sean. All right, well, I'm putting on some music. Sean, did he ask for consent? What? The singer! He said he's making out with someone, but I want to make sure that he asked for consent first. I'm sure he did. Why do you even... You know what? I'm just going to change it to another song. Hopefully one that doesn't trigger you. It's in the dirt. Hard work stops at the fence road. We stand for the flag and if you don't like 
Now hold on just a minute, Sean. Oh my god, what now, Drew? What now? Did he just sing about standing for the flag? Yeah, he did. What's the matter? Does that offend you too? Well, it's not very inclusive, Sean. What about the people that don't want to stand for the flag? Well, screw them. That's what I say. Sean, I just think that- Drew, can we just listen to the radio, please? You don't need to comment on every single song. Yes, of course, Sean, of course. Good. Thank you. Okay, let's see what's on talk radio. Ah, yes, here we go. Some good old Rush Limbaugh. In the rally, he really focused on domestic agenda. Look, here's the thing. Drew, are you? Donald Trump has are you are you trying to unlock the door? Let me out of here. Obama I can't take it, Sean. Drew, you, you can't jump out of a moving car. Stop. I don't want to run it off. Just get back. Let me out. Calm down. Calm down. Drew, you have to sit down. Come on, move. Uh, we've been stuck in traffic forever. Sean, I have to pee. You've got to be kidding me. Y you couldn't have told me that when we passed the rest stop a few miles back? I didn't have to go then, Sean. Well, you might be out of luck. We've moved about 20 feet in a half hour, and I have absolutely no clue where the next exit is. Oh, I don't know, Sean. I really have to go. Well, you're wearing diapers, aren't you? Don't you go all the time in your diapers? Sean, my diapers are only to be used when I'm triggered or offended. Alright, well, then you're gonna have to wait till the next exit. Drew, are you... Are, are you peeing out the window? I told you I have to go, Sean! Drew, stop! Y you can't just... <sighs> of course. Sean, why did that police car just turn its lights on? Oh, I don't know, Drew. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that you just flashed the interstate. Ugh, now we have to pull over. Sean, do you think the police officer will want to talk to us? Uh, uh, yes. That's usually what happens when one gets pulled over. Oh, Sean, I don't do well around police officers. What? Why not? Because police officers carry guns, Sean. And you know how I feel about guns. Oh, this is not good, Sean. I- Shut up, Drew. Here he comes. Hi, officer. L listen I'm really sorry about my friend here. I'm sorry, officer! Don't shoot me! Uh, don't mind him, please. He's just had a long day. Listen, here's my license and registration. Yep, we'll wait right here. Where's he going now? He's going back to his car to run my information and probably give me a ticket. Thanks a lot, Drew. Well, Sean, on the bright side, I don't have to pee anymore. Sean, are we there yet? Do you see a big brewery anywhere near us, Drew? No. Well, then we're not there yet. Sean, I don't understand why you wanted to drive five hours just to buy beer. Especially beer that has such an offensive name. Make America Great Again is not an offensive beer name, Drew. It's genius. And to answer your question, this is one of the best breweries in all of New England. That's why it's worth driving five hours. I'm just so bored, Sean. Can we at least play a game? If it has anything to do with Nancy Pelosi, snowflakes, or gender pronouns, then the answer is no, we cannot play a game. Darn, then I'm out of ideas. Alright Drew, how about this? Let's play a game of Would You Rather. How do you play that, Sean? Well, it's simple. One person presents two hypothetical scenarios, and the other person decides which of the two would be preferable. Well, I can think of about two dozen ways this game could offend me, but fine. Is it okay if Jeffrey plays too? The stuffed animal? 
No, my friend, who is most definitely not a stuffed animal. Ugh, fine, fine, whatever. Jeffrey can play too. I'll go first. Would you rather be the first person to explore a new planet or be the inventor of a drug that cures a deadly disease? Hmm, that's a good question, Sean. Jeffrey, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I need a few things clarified too. What do you need clarified? Well, first of all, Sean, would the drug be available in a capitalist society where only the rich can buy it? Or would it be available in a socialist society? Uh, that, that doesn't really matter. Oh, it matters, Sean. It matters. Fine, Let, let's say the drug is available in a capitalist society. Oh, okay. Now, about this planet. Oh my god. Are its people accepting of snowflake culture? Or would it take some time for them to get accustomed to it? Once again, Drew, it does not matter. I, I really don't think you understand how this game is supposed to work. I do understand it, Sean. Do you think I'm slow or something? Now, now, do you really want me to answer that? I think I would rather explore a new planet. That way I could spread liberalism into the cosmos. Oh yeah, yeah, great, okay, that's wonderful. All right, your turn to ask me a question. Now wait just one minute, Sean. You didn't ask Jeffrey what he thinks. Yeah, there's no way I'm gonna talk to a stuffed animal. He's not! Yeah, yes, Drew, he is, okay? Jeffrey is a stuffed animal. <gasps> don't listen to him, Jeffrey! Sean, we don't wanna play your game anymore. Fine, then we'll just sit here in silence till we get there. Sound good? Fine, Sean! Sean, I think I have to pee again. Oh my god, you have got to be kidding me! That was some road trip, huh, Sean? That was the single worst experience of my life. Not only did I have to spend well over 10 hours in the car with you, but I also got a $100 fine for you peeing out of the window, and the brewery wasn't even open when we got there. That was the worst. Just, just simply the worst. Well, cheer up, Sean. Would it make you feel better if we played another game of Would You Rather? No. Okay, well, I'll just step aside and let you talk to our listeners for a bit. Take it away, Sean. Thank you. God, just breathe, Sean. Just breathe. Everything's fine. All right, folks. I wanted to spend some time talking about censorship, and more specifically, the left's assault on conservative free speech. We see it everywhere, in academia, in Hollywood, and more recently, on big social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter. According to a survey conducted by Pew Research Center this past June, roughly 75% of U.S. adults feel that social media sites intentionally censor political viewpoints that they find objectionable. Further, 69% of Republicans say that major technology companies generally support the views of liberals over conservatives. This isn't just some kind of vast right-wing conspiracy, either. This is actually happening. A number of President Trump's tweets, for example, were conveniently blocked by Twitter around election time, including tweets that warned of widespread voter fraud, which we now know today undoubtedly occurred. Several weeks prior, another one of President Trump's tweets was censored when he warned rioters that they would be met with force if they continued engaging in lawless behavior. This sort of blatant censorship is happening to conservatives across the country on a number of different social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, and even TikTok. For me personally, I've had several of my conservative TikTok videos taken down for no apparent reason whatsoever. Last week, I came across a video of some dumb liberal claiming that the best day in American history was the day Ronald Reagan died. 
Naturally, I made my own video calling him out for this sick display of liberal intolerance, and yet, for some unknown reason, my video was censored. Meanwhile, the Liberals' video, which again was celebrating the death of a U.S. president, was left untouched. I know of several conservative content creators who have had similar experiences on TikTok and elsewhere. When it comes to examples of conservatives being censored, I'm not in short supply. I could talk about how Prager University has had several of their videos removed from YouTube for no reason at all. I could talk about how Ben Shapiro has been banned from speaking at several colleges and universities across the country. I could talk about the well-documented disdain for conservative principles that exists in Hollywood. And I'm sure I could fill an entire podcast with conservatives sharing their own experiences with political censorship. But by now, hopefully I've made my point. There is an effort underway to strip free speech rights from outspoken conservatives and constitutionalists. So now it's important to ask ourselves, why is this happening? The simple answer is that liberals just want us to shut up. They don't like how we talk about their scheme to fundamentally transform our country, or how they stand in defiance to the core principles we were founded on, liberty, individualism, and self-governance. But when you pull back the curtains, there's actually something far more sinister going on. All of this censorship is really about one thing, and one thing only. Control. Think about it. If your goal was to sell the American people on a lie, a lie that says that the Constitution is outdated and that the government has all the answers, wouldn't you look for ways to eliminate those who stand in your way? Those who tell the truth? That's exactly why the progressive left has infiltrated the big tech industry. They know that social media is perhaps the biggest channel for open communication and political discourse. And they figured out that if they can pose as independent fact-checkers, quote-unquote, then they can be in control over what is deemed true and what is deemed false. They can control the narrative. Personally, this is why I think a lot of liberals are freaking out over the success of Parler, a relatively new free speech-oriented social media platform similar to Twitter. In a recent segment on CNN... That, that is, the Communist News Network, liberal host Brian Stelter spoke with CNN reporter Pamela Brown about Parler, and not surprisingly, neither one of them had anything nice to say about it. Stelter said, quote, I think big picture Pamela here is the concerning trend line here. People are going more and more into their own echo chambers, more into their own bubbles, especially Trump voters. There's this new social media app called Parler getting a lot of attention. Because conservatives are leaving, saying they're leaving Twitter and Facebook, going off to Parler because they believe Parler is a safer space for them. What we're seeing is even more of a bunker mentality in right-wing media, he continued. Ultimately, this is not good for the country. No, it's not good, Pamela Brown responded. It is a threat to democracy that these people are in echo chambers and they're getting fed a diet of lies, essentially. So are the people fleeing from the censorship they experience on Facebook and Twitter posing a threat to democracy? It would seem that some liberals believe so, which, if I can be blunt for a moment, is utterly ridiculous. Then there's the Wikipedia entry for Parler, which is about as biased as it can possibly get. It reads, quote, Parler is an American microblogging and social networking service launched in August of 2018. Parler has a significant user base of Donald Trump supporters 
conservatives, conspiracy theorists, and right-wing extremists. By contrast, the Wikipedia entry for Twitter reads, Twitter is an American microblogging and social networking service on which users post and interact with messages known as tweets. Registered users can post, like, and retweet tweets, but unregistered users can only read them. See the difference here, folks? Do a quick Google search for Parler, and you'll find a bunch of articles from left-wing rags like the LA Times, Vox, Fortune, CNN, and dozens more, all mocking the free speech platform as an app rife with misinformation, conspiracy theories, and racism. Clearly, the left has become triggered. So why the hate? Why are liberals targeting Parler this aggressively? It's because for the first time in years... They feel like they are beginning to lose control. They see people fleeing from liberal-dominated Twitter and Facebook and going to a place where they can speak freely without fear of being censored. A place where liberals have no control whatsoever. Mark my words, folks. This free speech social media movement has the left terrified. So let me boldly suggest that we conservatives keep this up. Let's continue to expose the left's censorship tactics. Let's continue educating our fellow Americans about this mounting assault on the First Amendment. And let's continue to find channels where free speech is truly respected and upheld. Fight on, fellow patriots. Fight on. All right, Drew, I'm done. You can come back now. That was a very good speech, Sean. I had to change my diaper five times while I was listening, but that was a good speech. I mean, it wasn't exactly a speech, Drew. More like an impassioned monologue about the left's assault on the First Amendment and what conservatives should do about it. Well, call it what you want, Sean. I'm just happy it's finally time to introduce my new segment. Your new segment? Drew, do we discuss this? Sean, you promised that I could have my own segment at the end of each show, remember? I mean, I vaguely remember saying that you could have some more time to speak to the listeners before we wrap up, but I don't think I said anything about your own segment. Well, too bad, Sean. I'm going for it. It's time for... What's Triggering Drew This Week? Oh, God, somebody kill me. Now, here's how this works, Sean. I'm going to tell you about something that's been triggering me this past week, and then you respond. Sound good? I guess. Great. Psst, Sean, ask me the question. The question? Yeah, ask me what's triggering me this week. Oh, okay, I'll bite. What's triggering you this week, Drew? I'm glad you asked, Sean. This week, I've been getting awfully offended by milk. Milk? Yes, Sean, milk. For one thing, why does it have to be white? That seems to be a little racist to me. Uh, well, probably for the same reason why the sky is blue. It's just the way it is. And milk doesn't have to be white, by the way. Haven't you ever heard of chocolate milk? That's only after you add chocolate syrup to it, Sean. It's still naturally white. Seems a little racist to me, but that doesn't even make sense. It's furthermore, Sean, I find the way in which we get milk to be offensive to my sensibilities. The way we get milk? That's right, Sean. Why don't people ever consider how the cows feel when we take their milk? We should be asking for consent first. Drew, I think you've been watching That Vegan Teacher a little too much lately. That Vegan Teacher is an inspiration, Sean. But anyway, that's what's been triggering me this week. Milk is racist. Okay, well, on that note, let's wrap up. Thank you all so much for listening to Episode 5 of the Sean and Drew Podcast. If you want to submit a question or comment to be read live on the podcast, don't forget to send emails to jasonveely76 at gmail.com. 
That's J-A-Y-S-O-N-V-E-L-E-Y 76 at gmail.com. We also have a P.O. Box if you'd like to send something through the mail. The address for our P.O. Box is P.O. Box 190119, Weathersfield, Connecticut 06129. Thank you again so much for listening, and until next time, this is Sean and Drew, signing off.